Welcome to the second episode of the Still DYB Show. Uh, it's Dylan here again. Dylan can't say hi. I'm recording this after the fact. The first part of our podcast got cut off for some reason, so bear with us. Um, I'll just mention um, we're going to be redoing Patreon to fit this show a little more than just a conspiracy part of things. And our goal is to never run ads on any of our podcasts that doesn't interest us. So all your support helps us. And with that, we'll get to the show. Uh, me and Dylan were discussing the creators of Instagram had left the company uh, after Facebook acquired them. Just they felt like they couldn't express their creativity anymore. It, it was more about money, money, money all the time and how ads have just ruined all social media. So with that, here's the theme music. is an ad and uh instagram that makes me sad because Instagram's the only social media that i've 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 kept up like i've kept um i mean i still have my facebook i still have my twitter but i deleted the apps off my phone but kept instagram because i enjoyed it like i i, I was pretty carefully curated what i saw on there yeah. um i feel it's it's the it's the most enjoyable app it hasn't at least from what I've seen, been taken over by the the politics and whatnot that Twitter and Facebook have. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just I'm following the right people, but because when you're on, yeah, there, you're I, like who, yeah, who posts good pictures, who posts good videos? That's all you care about. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this: Do you think that? And and it's a totally their decision, and I completely understand it. But let's say you're faced in a similar situation. Are you going to come at it from the point of okay? This is our creation. We're the last things that like still have this true vision. We want to stay and protect it. Or is it, this has been fully hijacked. You know, let's, let's abandon the ship. Yeah. I feel it's that, that second option there. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, yeah, I don't, they had the vision in mind and they're like, this would be cool. This would be cool. And then Facebook's just like, yeah, but all these other things are doing this. So we should do that. Yeah, because yeah. it make it'll make us more money, and they're just like, okay, instead of like improving on the Instagram, like what can we do if the goal is being to get your art out there and express yourself? What's good ways to do that instead? It's just like, I don't know, it's the same as the yeah. rest now. Well, and one of the best ways I think to look at social media to keep yourself being consumed by it is you are you create content that people sell back to you. It's like, think of it as like, okay, you buy a cow, you milk that cow, and you take the milk and you give it to somebody, and then you buy that milk back from them. When you post and create content on these websites, they take that, they spread it out to your friends, and they stick a bunch of ads on it. Yeah. And like, so <laughs> your, your attention is being charged for stuff that your friends would tell you in person or would just give to you, you know? Yeah, uh, it, it it's a crooked business model, and the people I mean, they've made billions, but it that's, really is selling people. It's selling people's attention spans. That's a a real good point. Um, because 
all of these apps were great before ads. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I'm dating myself a little bit, but I remember when YouTube didn't have ads, mm-hmm. Facebook didn't have ads, though all of them have ads now. Does Snapchat have ads? Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, well. <laughs> yeah. Ads. And Reddit, Reddit has them now, too. Reddit was kind of like the last bastion, and I don't like how they've... Um, I don't like how they've done that because it like they make Reddit ads look like posts that would just come up in your feed. Um, like I bet I saw 50 Amazon's Jack Ryan AMA like ads and I block them <laughs> every single time. Like anytime I see an ad, I just immediately block that company. Yeah. It's just, uh... I, I don't know if it'll do anything, but I keep thinking like that the algorithm that they use, they look at everything that I look at that comes off my phone, which I, I used to, I was real big on trying to stop access to that stuff. And I was like, whatever, like all the street lights are probably <laughs> sending out Zeta waves that are fucking up my brain anyway. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I keep thinking if I block it and block it and block it, that eventually the computer is going to get so confused about like what I like <laughs> that I'm just going to at least get a lot of entertainment out of the ads as well. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I'd rather just have, like, yeah. Don't track any of my stuff. Just spin the wheel and see what I get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, have you ever dreamed of being a lizard? It's like, <laughs> all right, now we may be onto something. You're selling me something I may be interested in. If I follow, you know, if I follow gaming things, you don't have to send me advertisements about video games. I know what's coming out about video games. That's my interests. But if you show me something like that, you're showing me something new. Take notes, advertisers. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't know. Social media is going to be the downfall of society, I'm pretty sure. Most Um, But the ship has already left the shore. So, you know, until, until an internet crash or a collective enlightenment of a society. I think we're pretty much here to stay. So it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not about which species is best at looking back and be like, we shouldn't have done that. It's the best one that adapts to the change around it. So we've got to adapt to a social media world. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Let's see. Bill Cosby got his sentence this week. It's three to 10 years potentially, I think is what they said. And so three, probably, right? I'm assuming so. What What are your thoughts on this? I don't know. This is goes back to that eggshell subject. Like, obviously, this is what kills me when this stuff like this comes up. And people are like, well, why would they bring up, like, why would they accuse? They're just trying to uh, defame his name. It's like, man, 62 people are trying to defame his name or whatever it ended up being. I think it ended up being higher than that. Um, but I don't, I don't know, man. He's an old ass man. He's 82. His legacy is fully tarnished as it should be because he was a monster. Three to 10 seems short, but at the same time, he's probably going to be dead within the next 10 years. Yeah, that's what I was going like, to say. The, the, the only thing, he got what he deserved, and but the only question is, you know, he's freaking old. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. it's not like, oh, people get a pass, but also. I don't know. I, I think that I, I'm less concerned about and this is probably wrong, but like my thought process on it is he was a f- household name for all of those years. 
and the entire time he was a monster, and now that reputation has been destroyed. So his legacy is dead. Like, and to me, that that is a punishment in and of itself. That's more damning than prison time when you're that age. Yeah. Um. So this is probably going to catch flack, but to me, if they had said no prison time, I wouldn't be outraged. I think the victim should be outraged, but I, I, I really do think the punishment is that he went from being this, like, you know, the TV dad uh, and, you know, bringing in incredible ratings every night to, to being a, to being a, you know, a sex offender. He's a registered sex offender now. Yeah. So. Hmm. I think I read I somewhere know. they were going to push like just house arrest for that sentence or something. I don't know. But I don't I don't feel bad for the guy. I don't either. Let him live out his days of shame whether it be in prison or wherever, but you know, he he he's ruined. The yeah. the more interesting case to me because I feel like his is so cut and dry is always the Louis CK thing. Louis CK's doing comedy again. Yeah. At like local he's doing like local spots in LA, but you know, I th- I've always I've thought his was more interesting than than any of these other ones. You know, Harvey Weinstein obviously did it. He's a monster. Bill Cosby obviously did it. He's a monster. Louis, from talking with both men and women who I would consider, you know, respectable and and in tune to stuff like this, um, it's a lot of varying opinions on both sides. Some people think that he's just as bad as Cosby. Um, but others, others tend to be like, you know, where, where, where is the line? Is it, is it eventually going to be where you have to get, you know, in writing people's consent because, you know, I remember one of, one of the accusers was saying that he was masturbating while he was on the phone with her. Like, so, so is it a thing where, where, where does the responsibility shift back to like, Oh, he's being a freak right now. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang up. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And some of these things, it's it gets real weird because like maybe he was just trying to. I don't know. Was hoping the other person would be into it, and that was a swing and a miss, you know. Yeah, what Versus, would be receptive you know, to. Versus I'm trying to get away with something. I'm trying to force somebody to do something. Versus, well, let's try this. Oh, that did not work. Okay. You know. Right. And and what people kept coming back to, um, I won't mention, but I had this one friend who brought up a really good point, was he was both Cosby and CK were in a position of power. Now, I think Cosby abused his more because the way I, I read that New York Times article when it first came out, about Louis and haven't read it since. But if I remember it correctly, he asked all of those women to come back to his hotel room with him. Hmm. And I don't know if he explicitly said, you know, what the situation was. Maybe it was the connotations of, Hey, this is more than just, Oh, we're going to go just chat. Yeah. Um, whereas the way I understood Cosby was that he just did it. Like, yeah, that's something else. Yeah. So I, so I don't know. I, what does consent look like, is, I, th- I think, is what a lot of people are starting to address. But, man, if you're a famous person, you got to yeah. get that shit in writing. <laughs> yeah. Somebody, uh, I don't remember who I was listening to, but it, uh, it mentioned that 
Henry Cavill had said he's like the guy who played Superman and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he was in the new Mission Impossible that you know he's too afraid to date like random people that he doesn't know because he's afraid of this kind of stuff you know mm-hmm. catching flack mm-hmm. so he's only dating people he, he old friends and stuff so yeah I don't know the 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 Me Too movement which I hate that term somebody was like if you think about it, that doesn't say hashtag me too. It says pound me too. Um, and I, I wish I remember who told me that and I could give them the credit, but that is, I was like, yeah, maybe your PR department needs to stay off Twitter. Whoops. Maybe be a little bit more legitimate than Twitter, but that, I mean, that goes back to the social media thing. Anyway, um, you know, this era I think will be defining, uh, in that it, it will adjust the, the power dynamics, but it is, it is when, with that comes a change in just like the social order, if you want to get real meta about it and you know, neither of us, I assume are high right now. So maybe we can't, <laughs> we can't delve that deep <laughs> and make it interesting. But you, you know, what do social interactions look like in an age where you're, you're wrong to not believe the accuser but memory is flawed. Like, yeah, we're in a weird place where you, uh, you, you can't ask questions for for whatever reason. Like we, we have this bad habit now of swinging too far in the other direction, and just completely ignoring the other side. So like it used to be, you know, I don't know, men got away with this kind of stuff, and now it's swung all the way to all men are guilty instantly without mm-hmm. without kind of addressing the like we're what we're talking about like where's the line of consent uh is this kind of thing the same as this is this bad is this okay that kind of thing we it's we're already past it we can't talk about it anymore it's, right no, no. And, and if you want to just piggyback this this has basically got into the brett kavanaugh thing and i yeah. know we were thinking about talking about that anyway so do you just want to just introduce that and then we'll just keep talking yep so brett kavanaugh was supposed to be uh confirmed to the supreme court supreme court pretty quickly and then they've brought up um some stuff from his past allegedly to see uh um to try and stop him i guess um but we've run into all the situations we just discussed, so um, we can take it from there. Yeah, and and that was what I was gonna. That was why I kind of wanted you to go into that was because you have to. Right now, I think the social order is saying you have to believe the accuser, and I don't think that that is necessarily right. I think you have to listen to the accuser, uh, just like all. Like you remember in school, well, at least this happened a lot when I was in high school, people would call in bomb threats. And a lot of times it was people just trying to get out of school. Yeah. But you have to take every one of them seriously and you have to fully investigate each one. They would close the school, squads would come in and they would check the entire building. And most of the time it was, well, every time it was bullshit because I'd never got blown up. But... (laughs) Just like that, like you have to believe the the threat, just like you have to believe the accuser, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the threat is true, and it doesn't necessarily mean that the uh, uh, the accuser is is correct and that, that again that 
<laughs> I think that speaks to how much when I said that in my head, I was like, well, it doesn't mean the accuser is correct. I was like, oh, no, you can't you can't think that. But th that's what our justice system is built on is being able, you're innocent until you are proven guilty. And it, so saying that it's kind of in two different arenas. So in the law arena, you are innocent until proven guilty. However, in the social sphere, that's when it gets flip flop. Mm -hmm. And it drives me insane. I'd almost rather just any type of like accusation or whatever be kept private until a decision's made. I mean, but that's almost impossible. Yeah, yeah, and and that is one of the things. And I, I just want to stress, I cannot stress enough that I I'm not saying that Doctor Doctor Ford Blazy Ford is is not. Like I'm not picking a side on this. I'm 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 just saying in general that it, it is a social crucifixion. Yeah. Uh, the moment an an accuser comes out, and uh, I mean I, looking back in my past, I don't believe that I have any uh, blemishes such as that 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 could ever come forward. But. You know, memory from 30 years ago, how, how far can that be trusted? And that was what she she was saying was, you know, there needs to be an FBI investigation. What are they, what could they possibly investigate from a party from 1980? Yeah. Uh, nothing. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how far back the forensics goes, but, you know, what, what, what can they do to, to like prove this as anything more than her accusation? Yeah. So... Uh, let's see. I'll kind of, I'm going to go on a bit. It's not really a rant, but like stick with me till the end. No, you've got just, my full attention. I, I'm just throwing out things I've heard and some initial thoughts and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. I'm kind of with you. I haven't picked a side. I'm just sitting in the middle and be like, okay, show me the evidence. If there's enough, then all right, that's, that's it. Or if there's not, then let's move on. Um, but one of the big problems I see right now on both sides is you've got, um, like, the left is in full support saying she's telling the truth, this is a bad man. But you've also got people on the right saying, no, she's fucking lying, she's full of shit, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And both of those need to go away, right? Um, I think, so, um, it's kind of weird it's suspicious that it would come out now at a very convenient time, you know. That that's that's one thing that's kind of frustrating. Um, that aside, you know, they do need to take the time, look into this, see if it's credible. If there's something to it, then yeah. Well, then you're faced with the second decision, which we'll get into later. But um, yeah, okay, that wasn't as long as I thought. But yeah, yeah, that wasn't it wasn't nearly as bad. But I I know that it. I remember watching this movie, and God, I can't think of the name of it. Um, it was about this woman in the 80s or 90s who accused this guy, and this was in England, of being a Holocaust denier, uh, which he was. But in England, it's much easier to sue somebody for libel. And it's not on them to prove that they are innocent. It is on you to prove that they are guilty. Of like she had to prove that he was a Holocaust denier, and and she was able to do that. Yeah. Okay. But it, it's one of those things where 
in this country, it's really hard to sue somebody for libel. So when you make these accusations without having a case already put together, uh, it, it's it's very difficult. Whereas if you if you were in England and you were going to accuse somebody of libel, they have to prove that you are what you they said you are. Yeah. So if, if he sued her over there, she would have to, the burden of proof would be on her to prove that he was a sex offender, which I guess is kind of like what it is now. All of that should probably just be edited out because it didn't make nearly as much sense. And I don't remember <laughs> the rules as well. So I'm going to give you a little blank spot right here. Mm, so anyway, let's see Kavanaugh, if I remember. <laughs> that leads kind of straight into the. Uh, the all these topics are very connected. The, what happened to Ted Cruz? Yeah, it was directly related to that that those people came up and just started like screaming at him. Um, and that's not fair to him. Whether whether it's right or wrong, man, he's out with his family. Let let him eat his dinner. Yeah, come on. People. I, I understand if Ted Cruz was like a, accused of like running a baby murdering factory. Okay, yeah. Like, yeah. where they take three- and four-year-olds and just throw them into, like, wood chippers and stuff like that. I can understand being mad at him out in public. But he has taken a stance that supports a nomination from his party. Oh, because, it, of course, he has. That's how that, politics is that, work. Is that what it was? I didn't look as to why they were mad. They were mad at him for sticking with Kavanaugh. And I don't know what Ted Cruz's official statement was. But I'm sure it said we are going to uh, – my support is with Judge Kavanaugh until the investigation is over because, of course, it is. It's the Republican Party nomination, like the conservative nomination for the Supreme Court, Like, yeah. and he is a conservative. So it's – I would say there's two parts. There's one, yeah, it's your party. You're supposed to support your party. That's what you do. Also, I don't know if he knows the guy or not. If you knew – I don't know if you worked with someone for, I don't know, five, ten years, and you knew them to be a good person, from what you've seen, I mean, what would you do? Would you just, I don't know, take like one of your closest friends and just, if that person got accused that you knew it wasn't true, from your knowledge, what would you do? You'd still, I mean, at least for me, I'd yeah. be like, okay. I mean, I'm, from what I can tell, this sounds like crap. I don't know what you did when you were younger, but based on who you are now, I wouldn't think that. But could be wrong. But yeah. to, to say, you know, I stand by my friend until, you know, obviously if something does come up to be true, then you're just like, okay, well, you know. Yeah, I, I would understand them a, a, a <laughs> verbally assaulting this man and his wife at dinner if he still supported him after he had been convicted of yeah. uh, sexual yeah. assault. That would make sense to me. But this goes on to my tiny little rant. I would describe myself as somebody on the left, but I find far left people insufferable. Like, yeah. This, this, it, I, it's both left and right. Everybody on the far sides of both of these things, yeah, make knee jerk reactions like animals. <laughs> like, you know, they are, they are, like, I kept seeing this headline on the New York Times what happens at Georgetown stays at Georgetown. That is a common saying. I said that yeah. today <laughs> at 
I'm so again. Okay, so sorry if my call quality is lower than normal. I'm I'm on Skype with Lee from a hotel in Knoxville. I'm down here for some training for my job, and I said that today in relations to a Waffle House. Like <laughs> that is a common expression. Like it, it it's not. Him saying that does not imply that they were just having non-consensual orgies all the time at Georgetown Prep. And I don't want to sound like I'm defending this guy because right. I don't like Brett Kavanaugh for what he stands for. Yeah. But I don't like, I, I, it's, it's kind of like, this is a bad analogy, but it's kind of like watching two, two sports, like two, two teams play in a sport and supporting one team, but hating how they play the game. Like, like yeah. <laughs> if, if you, let's say I grew up loving the Golden State Warriors, but I also loved like grit basketball, like back to the basket, big men, uh, you know, playing down low. And then they started shooting threes, you know, 40 and 53s like they do now. I would still love the Golden State Warriors, but I would hate how they played the game. And that yeah. was, that's how I would describe myself with the, not the Democratic Party, but liberals. Like, I like what you're trying to do. I like progressivism. I would describe myself as a progressive. You got to go about it in a different way. Yeah. Because the majority of your people are in the center and you're never going to sway anybody in the center this way. Yeah. Just like you're not going to sway people by being a far right neo-Nazi. You are not going to sway somebody being a far left, like ultra activist. Yeah, that, that's my opinion. And people will will say, "Well, this you see where the center got us." It's like, well, the center yeah. got us FD, FDR, who got us out of World War II. The center got us Abraham Lincoln, who won the Civil War. The center got us Theodore Roosevelt, possibly the, in my opinion, the greatest president of all time. Like, there, there's never been, to my knowledge, a anybody who has believed in a far left or far right ideology that has been considered ultra successful. Uh, I think you're right. But yeah, that's funny. You said, look where the center gets us. Somebody, uh, I was arguing with somebody on Twitter and that's what they said too. Uh, there was somebody that was far left ranting about, they were arguing with somebody on the far right, and I just said, okay, far left arguing far right is just stupid. Uh, everybody come to the middle, and we'll work things out. And they're like, that's where mm -hmm. justice goes to die. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's... It's like, no, that's where it's reason not happens. Like, it's been the foundation of democracy forever, as far as I know. Yeah, so... And then that's, that's what's... Kendra gets mad at me for these rants all the time. But like these BuzzFeed warriors are what drives me crazy. They read this one article that oversimplifies an issue and then they go out just raging mad about it. And it's a thing of like, you don't understand what you're talking about. The reason we have to go to the center, at least in my opinion, is that there are so many nuances to every single social policy of everything ever. <laughs> yeah. You and I was talking to somebody at work about this today where it's just like okay, both sides like the the normal people tend to they've got 
They've got a good good intentions. All right, we'll we'll say they have good intentions for what they believe. Both sides do, but the other think the other side's completely wrong. When the answer is really like you kind of have to mix and match. Where I, I said you know, like left ideas tend to be more you know progressive, focus on people, social stuff, and then right tends to be more you know like by the books, and then like you know money stuff and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. If you go either far to either side, it's dangerous. You, mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta mix and match and that's why like the two-party system drives me insane because I, like for example if you're like hardcore poor abortion poor well pro-abortion you have to vote democrat like you have to mm-hmm. even if let's say you agreed on like everything else on the right so and I think most people are that way, where it's like, I like this here and this here and that here, but I'm really firm on these couple things, so I have to vote this way. Versus if we had just candidates, not under a party, just saying, well, here's my stances. Maybe you'll find somebody that actually matches up with, but, you know, that's right. never, well, never going to happen. The only thing that I'll say about that is if you have five candidates and one of them gets 21% of the vote, and then the rest of them get the remainder split up evenly. I don't want to do the math in my head. I know it would be easy. I just don't want to. Um, but they, then you have that remainder of the population is unhappy. Whereas at least in, in this one, you know, hopefully at least 51% of the population is happy with what are doing because because yeah. if you don't right. if you don't if you don't align yourself under some sort of banner, um, th- then you're not you're never going to get anything done because how what would the what would the government look like as far as like the actual lawmaking side of it? That's the only reason I see for a two party system with a country this large and this diverse. Uh, I, I don't see how it would ever work going some other way. But I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a political science. I'm not a doctor. I'm just a person who mostly just wants to be pay his taxes and be left alone, just like my parents were. <laughs> yeah. Like and that's actually that's a good argument, Dylan. I've never. I, I haven't heard that one yet. So, really, um, yeah. yeah. That, that's that was because I I was the same way. I was very always very frustrated with the two party system. I think the most important thing that people can do is stop watching the news like just quit that's stop yeah. watching television news and stop getting the news off the internet and buy a paper news subscription buy it a local one and then buy one sub from somewhere else because the reason that is important is because paper news is delivered once a day and so when something happens at 3 30 in the afternoon you will find about it the next morning which means that there has been plenty of time for knee-jerk reactions dissipate. <laughs> because like just like we were talking about earlier, once you hear something, it is impossible to not see it with that cloud in your mind, even if that turns out to not be true. Yeah. So when you get a paper subscription, you have the facts as they have been for at least a little bit. Some of the dust has settled. Yeah. So we're going to start the paper revolution. Yeah, start go chopping down them pa- trees. Go back to paper. <laughs> you know, there's more trees on the planet than there were like 
15 something years ago or something I did like that. hear that. We, we've turned the corner, <laughs> which is a good thing. Yes. But, but no, I, and I'm kind of tired of treading through the, the deep water because I, I, I'm getting frustrated talking about the far left and the far right because they, they're both maddening to me. Yeah. Um, I, agree. I can't remember what, what we had next. I had I have the list beside me. I got but I folded it up and put it underneath my hand. One last proposition. What if like both parties got together every couple of years and had like a you know a policy draft where they'd be like, Okay, the right is now gonna they'll take abortion for trade for uh, nationalism. We'll do that trade, right? There you go. Okay, it makes like things way up. <laughs> They're gonna they're gonna reduce their nationalist policies in exchange for stricter abortion laws. Yes. Now it, it may not make sense at all. Yeah. No, but I that's see, the I'm point. Just making sure I understand your example. Um, I don't know. Maybe like. Now I mean, no. over the course of history, this kind of stuff has slowly happened. Just who believes what? You know. Go back in time, but. My my biggest thing is. To me, and this is, I promise you, this is the last thing I want to say about it, is that you have to pull money out of politics the best that you can. Um, oh, yeah. Because I, I think it's driven, as corporations have become more powerful and the wealth divide has gotten larger, the power divide has gotten larger, people don't feel like they're in control of their government anymore. And maybe they never have. But I do like to think that back in the day, you could at least influence what businesses were in your neighborhood. Yeah. Whereas now you you can't because things are too big to fail, as we found out. Right. Um, you know, when banks were screwing people over, they had entrenched themselves in a p- position where they have no balances. There's no checks and balances in corporations like there are in government. Yeah. So. That, that's my remedy. I think everything else will fall into place when money stops driving politics as um, much as it does now. Yeah, I've always said, you know, cut, we need to cut the pay of, like, politicians so that it's not money that's driving you to pursue that career and just cut out lobbying. Like, holy shit. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lobbying, uh, in my opinion, lobbying has got to be, like, letters to your congressman. Yeah, exactly. I want to hear from the people. I don't want to hear from this corporation's interests. Yeah. But I'm pro-labor, so yeah. I'm supposed to feel that way. All right. Uh, the All right. last touch get me, of... Get me under the skinnier water here, Lee. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so, okay, real quick. Let's say Kavanaugh is... This is true. Um... It was 30 years ago. What are your thoughts? Um, I, here's what I've said to people, and I'm, I'm pretty solid on this. If I found out that my forklift driver um, had done something 30 years ago like this, I wouldn't be happy with him, but I don't think I'm going to fire him because I would have no forklift drivers because people are imperfect and they make mistakes, but they don't at the Supreme Court level. Like, okay, I can I can find another person to fill one of what is it nine seats, yeah. who is not a con, like convicted sex offender. Yeah. So. No matter how great he may be at that level, when you get to that level, your standards have to be different. Yeah. People will say, "Oh, it happened. He was just a kid. He's just a kid." It's like, yeah, but there's plenty of kids out there that didn't do that who would make just as good as a Supreme Court justice. Yeah. 
I'm pretty much on the same boat. It's, and it's the position. And it's not because you can go get more anywhere. Mine's just, you know, I hold a judge to a much higher standard. To yes, a higher standard. Yes, a 30-year this happened standard. So, but it, you know. Yeah. If yeah, it was I, like, I a, agree. like a CEO or an actor or something, I don't, I don't care. But, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's where I'm at. And, uh, you know, obviously... That's not me saying it's like, well, it's fine if, if you have a low paying job that you can just rape whoever you want. No, I preferred if nobody raped anybody. That'd be nice. But you're going to have a lot of imperfect allies because this is an imperfect world is what I'll say. But you can enforce standards on people that reach that level. Yep. All right. We'll move out of that sector. All right. We can do Dylan's European adventure or we can do band books. What do you want to do? Give me European Adventure for 400. Okay. European Adventure I, I, 400. I thought about this. This man went to Europe for... How long was it? I was there for three weeks, almost a month. Three weeks. Name yeah. this man. Yeah, I went I went all over. I'll, I'll give you the itinerary and then I'll just give you my thoughts. Um, went to... Flew into Iceland out of Cincinnati and was only there for a little bit. Just stayed in the airport, flew to Ireland and was there for two or three days, and then flew to Amsterdam. I was there for a day, then flew to Turkey. I was in Turkey for seven days. Flew uh, while I was and while I was in Turkey, I took a boat over to Greece um, and was there for a day. Went back to Turkey, then flew to England and was there for three days. Went back to Ireland for four, uh, and then went back to Iceland and then went home. So I, I, I kind of jumped around, went a straight line from northern Europe to um, northwestern Europe to, to northwestern Asia and, you know, southeastern Europe. Um and it was really cool. It was kind of an eye-opening experience to how the rest of the world lives, and not just that, but how the rest of the world, um, how the rest of the world views America, was a big thing. Because the entire time I was over there, I was trying to get people's perspective. Um, you know, I did I did the touristy things when I could. I went to the Cliffs of Moher um, and stuff like that. But I we spent more time in cafes and coffee shops and and restaurants and bars just talking with people more than we did out doing the the touristy thing and like uh, while doing the touristy thing as well um and and it's a it's a wild wild world out there it's not a good thing that uh people at one point say wow i didn't expect to meet an educated american that's (laughs) not that's not trying to blow my own horn or anything but that's not something that you want um, to, to be said about yeah. you, in my in, in my opinion, and that's what I told them while I was there. I was specifically this was talking. We were talking to this Austrian couple while we were in um, we were in Amsterdam, and chatting with them just about the world and and just <laughs> what feels like the most gargantuan mess of it of my lifetime, at least. Um, they said that, and I I told them I was like, wow, what a way for your country to be known is you know. I would still argue the most influential country in the world is run by or is looked at as a bunch of idiots. Yeah. So, um, is that the general consensus then? Oh yeah. Uh, 
and and don't your your nationalism I, I would warn people on their on their blind love for America um, because when I was in Turkey that that blind love uh, is is to the point of being forced and it, it's very palpable that that Turkey is a um, is in a is in an absolute authoritarian dictatorship disguised as a democracy. Everywhere you go, there's pictures of Aragdon hanging up. He's on all the money. Like you can tell that people are afraid over there for to, to what is going to happen next with their government. Hmm. Um, and they're they're not real keen on Americans. We were in Istanbul for very very briefly, um, and it was terrifying. Istanbul was scary. Um, huh. There's just a, a very, a very real tension, and then we went to Kuzadazi, which is a uh, more of a resort town, like out on the beach. Not as bad there because they're used to seeing European tourists. Like a lot of Irish people hung out there. That was how we ended up there. Was one of the guys with us was Irish, um, and his his family had some um, had a vacation spot there. Um. So not as bad there, but you could tell that was only because it was removed from the capital. And just like going to, you know, Panama City Beach is not reflective of the rest of Florida. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? But but it was it was definitely eye-opening. London was incredible. Um, the, the English people and the Irish people were, were all very lovely um, and happy to meet. I just found like you always think you would hear about like American generosity, especially us being kind of from the South, like Southern hospitality. I, I have never felt as welcome as I did over there. Like people were happy to happy to see us. Like rounds were giving out at bars because we were there, and these people didn't know us from Adam. You know, like huh, yeah. Hmm. So it was it was eye opening. I would love to go back. I would live in England in a heartbeat. I would live in Ireland in a heartbeat. I really liked Amsterdam. I was only there for a day. Um, I did not partake of any of the. Ooh. Um, I had a. I was just get like signing up for this new job at the time. I didn't know if I was going to be drug tested. <laughs> um. So. There you go. That 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 was like that's like the quick highlights. I mean, I could give you more detailed stuff if you want, but we're already at a. We've already got quite a bit of time underneath the belt on this one, and I don't know what else you want to get into. But I, I will say that my challenge to whether this goes out to one listener or 100 million American listeners, um, people look at us and think that we do not need to be in control of the world. And maybe uh, right now we don't, but we still are. Like we are, America is still the most influential place on the planet. Um, so just like a big brother should strive to be a role model, we should strive to earn that position of dominance we've put ourselves in. Yeah. I think the problem is our spokespeople or the people that they see are idiots. So, I mean... <laughs> yeah. But then they get to meet someone like you, like an actual person. And it's just like, okay, they're normal people. Uh, now, so, I don't know. Uh, from what I hear, I don't. I haven't been out of the country. Canada doesn't really count, but it seems like people <laughs> abroad <laughs> are more uh, together as a people. Yeah. And here, I feel yeah, like they're... we're just dicks to each other. 
there there is more of a of a unified culture. That was what I loved about Ireland is um they're very um while we were over there they have this game called hurling, which I would describe as like a more violent lacrosse. Um but the the hurling championships or or whatever were going on, this big tournament between all the different counties were going on. And so while we were there, like everybody from we were in Waterford was where we were at for one of the days, like while it was going on, um, which is in the southeast of the country. Um everybody there had on their Waterford gear and everybody was just cheering and, 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 you know, so amped up for this game. It it, it was, I would describe it like I would like a college campus yeah. with less, you know, take out a college campus in the way, like a college campus on game day, how everybody's amped up for, you know, the home team. I would describe it like that on, on a lot of different things. They just have a very unified culture that everybody kind of buys into. Um, which was which was different, and you know, I'm sure there's good things and there's bad things to that. I'm sure you know America is the melting pot. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can just as easily listen. You know, like musically is not probably the best example, but I can just as easily listen to, you know, Biggie and Tupac and understand that culture, as I can listen to you know, Hank Williams and, and Old Country and understand that culture as well. Whereas in while I was over there, I noticed that there was a lot more. Um, you, you didn't really necessarily have that. You had like one culture that everybody bought into. Yeah. You would never describe yourself as, oh, I'm a gangster or I'm a cowboy, whether you are that thing or not. In America, people pick, you know, they kind of pick their their group that they fit into and then they subscribe to that culture. Whereas over there, everybody is more no, this is our culture. We we have this heritage. We have this. We're we're gonna subscribe to it. Yeah. So I was thinking about cultures and whatnot. So yeah, those countries tend to maybe have less, I guess, diversity of cultures, because you know they're smaller countries. So it kind of makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Kentucky, we're all kind of similar. Well, I don't know. America's interesting. I think that's what does, like you said, it's the melting pot. We've got so many different cultures. But I feel like we don't respect each other's cultures, maybe, is why we seem to be kind of shitty to each other. Um, And I don't know how... I don't know. I I feel like European countries, do they respect other European cultures? Like... Yeah, well, what I noticed was, like, the districts. A lot of the cities have, like, districts where... It, it it did almost feel like this is going to sound like a dirty word, but it it did almost feel like segregation, yeah. But not like an enforced, like no, you only go here because you're Chinese. Uh, we went to Chinatown in London, and I loved Chinatown. It was so cool. We were there like during the night. There was like a parade going on. People were shooting off fireworks. Um, we ate at the only gourmet like Chinese restaurant I've ever been to. I, I noticed that when I was over there, I was like, I've never seen. I've only ever seen like China buffets. And like Panda Express, <laughs> like I've never been to like um, and don't tell me, P.F. Chang's like that's not yeah. no, huh? <laughs> um, 
but I, I ate there, but like there was Chinatown and everything in Chinatown is like little Chinese shops, Chinese stores, like Chinese groceries, like everything like that. I went to Mayfair while I was there, which is like, um, shoot, what's it called? It, it, it's Muslim, but it's Hala, I think is the name. Um, H-A-L-A, I, th- I think. I may be getting that wrong and I, I'm, I'm sorry for my, my cultural ignorance. But everything there is like it's like Muslim supermarkets or, or like grocery stores and and like that. But because everything is so connected to the city city center through transportation, it's like I could go I could get on the, the subway in London from London, Victoria, go to Chinatown and eat and like then immediately just get back on the subway and, and go back to Trafalgar Square and be in like the middle of like English culture. So it was segregated in like these districts and stuff, but there was um, it was more on you to intermingle into those cultures. So um, okay. you know, it wasn't it wasn't like a thing of like, oh no, only the Chinese people hang out here, or only the Muslims go to Mayfair, or, 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 or whatever, you know. Yeah. So my, I was thinking, you know, what was the what was the what were the interactions like? Is it just you know, there's these cultures and these areas, and they just kind of stick to themselves? If you come to visit, you know, hey, cool visitor. You know, was it like that? There was no tension. No, I no, I, I wouldn't describe it as any like. You know, even we even went through like poor neighborhoods, which poor neighborhoods in London, <laughs> not really a, not really a thing. Seems like everything there is, is very nice, but going through poor neighborhoods don't like poor neighborhoods don't feel as poor, and I think that is due to like a more socialistic government. They may be as poor, but also people didn't have a lot while I was over there. Like people don't have like a, like I would just, they don't have like a laundry room. People have a a washer in their kitchen. They don't have a dishwasher. They have like a clothes washer in their kitchen and they have a clothesline. So like, you know, it's a small washer. They don't have, people don't have nearly as many clothes, like big closets or anything like that. Um, and so like, think about like not having a dryer in your home. People don't really have full-size refrigerators either. They don't keep a lot of food. They walk to buy their food fresh from like small markets. Yeah, wish I could. And then that. come back. They don't really store a lot of stuff. So, so yeah. it was. Um, I was going somewhere with that. Oh yeah, the the cost of living, although it is high, doesn't require as many things. Like milk and bread and stuff are more expensive than they are in America, but you don't have as much shit. Like, yeah. Like, you know, everyone listening, you know, at some point during the month, you go through your fridge and throw away a ton of shit that mm-hmm. you didn't eat, you know, so, yeah. But it's, it's not sustainable to, to go to, at the, like, in defense of that, because I definitely do it. I don't want to go to the supermarket every single day. Like, I hate going to supermarkets. Yeah. <laughs> I, I spend 50 minutes in there and, like, leave spending 80 90 dollars on stuff of like i don't need this like whereas like when if you go buy stuff unless you go buy it from like a butcher or something you're buying four cheeseburger patties well i'd live at home by myself like i need one (laughs) um so i i don't know to me it, it felt like it made more sense but i know my mom and dad love going for like big People, they did like the big grocery store run. I don't know what you, how you grew up, but my mom and dad, 
Yeah. I'd do like the two hundred dollar run, and yeah. then we would just have stuff stocked. Yep. And we did. So, but homes were smaller. It was more often like like a small like cooking like a hot plate to cook on, or like a single burner stove. And then like a bedroom and like stuff like that. Like we stayed in a lot of Airbnbs and I loved it. Like it was, I thought it was perfect, but I'm also like, don't have a family. Like I was, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you had a bunch of people in there, I'm sure it'd be a son of a bitch, but living as one person, it was sounded perfect. Yep. So Europe was cool. You can fly out of Cincinnati on wow air, the big purple airplanes. Um, I flew to Ireland for $400. Dang. It's cheap. Huh. Um, and then took economy. Like, my flight from Ireland to Amsterdam was, like, 20. Dang. All right. I, I didn't... I, I bet I spent... And, like, I lived, like... I spent, like, the world was ending while I was over there. Um, <laughs> I probably spent $2,000 on the trip, yeah. like, altogether. But I, I think I could have very easily done, like, all-inclusive turnkey vacation for under $1,000. Interesting. Yeah. Um, when we were in, that was the one thing about Turkey. Um, the people that went with me know that Turkey, like by the end of it, I was so fed up with it that I was like, I was just super ready to get out of that country. Um, but the one thing I did like about it was everything was very cheap. And so like, we would, go, we would go to these bars and just buy rounds for like every person in the bar. Uh, and it would, you know, you could buy, you could buy 50 beers for $10. Like, All right. Yeah, because their their money's not worth anything. If you pay with American dollars, yeah, you you live like a king. You feel like an asshole, but you live like a king. Yeah. <laughs> huh. I'll have to check that out. I mean, I've got Scottish roots, not Irish roots, but I'd like to go there. Yeah. So sounds like it's definitely doable. It's very doable. It's gone are the days of flying. So Wow Air is subsidized through the Icelandic government. Um, and I would recommend going to Iceland, Iceland, as far as like people wise, and I was only in the airport, but I was in the airport for nine hours were the nicest people that I've ever met. Like Canada, you got to step your game up because Iceland's gunning for your title. <laughs> um, but, uh, they subsidize the airplane costs and that's why the flights are so cheap. Um, but get on it while you can, man. I flew out, like I said, I flew out of Cincinnati. Round trip for $437 to oh, Dublin. Oh, was a round trip? Round trip, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Definitely going to consider that. <laughs> yeah. Get your passport and get on it, man. I, I, I'm going to go back. I hope to go back next year. Oops. Like, I'm going to try and go. I want to go to Germany. Um, yeah. I want to go to... Um, I want to go to France, but I, France is something I want to go with somebody who speaks French, though. Um, yeah. So if any of our listeners speak French, you're looking for a vacation, got to pay your own way. Um, <laughs> All right, well, so, yeah. that sounds like fun. Sounds like you had a good time, except for Turkey. Everybody <laughs> needs to do it. Take two weeks out of your year. Go to Europe. See a different country. Don't go on a cruise. That's not a vacation. Yeah, that's cheating. <laughs> like... And, and, and like, if you're going to go to Canada, go to like Vancouver, like the Yukon or like go to somewhere different. I, I, it really was one of those things where I, I felt like I came back a different person. Like my worldview was changed going somewhere. 
You heard it. Yeah. Sorry, this episode hasn't been very, this has been a very, um, very few laughs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think we're going to get a lot of laughs out of band, but maybe we might. Yeah. I'm, I'm not in a real jovial mood, so maybe this is, uh, this is maybe, I, may, I may be the wet rag on this podcast, but I'm tired of being in this hotel room. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Band book. It's band book week. And I looked this okay. up. Okay, band book just means it's not on it's not on the shelves of libraries or public schools. Okay. I couldn't find like a band like we will burn this book if we find a band. I didn't really find any lists like that. I'm sure there are, but not in this country that I'm aware of. Maybe yeah, so you're only looking at American band books. Yep. Um, okay. All right. Cool. That's that's what I didn't know because the Nazis definitely burned books. Oh yeah, like a big absolutely. Thing. Um, <laughs> Okay, give me give me the American band books. I did not look up a list. I'll let you know if I've read them. All right, so, like, I had... Uh, all right, this is going backwards in the order I had, but I have such a hard time finding it. What's still banned list? Mm-hmm. Um, and the only two books I could find that are technically still on the banned list is a book called Lords of Creation... And it's a book kind of talking about the dirty side of uh, Carnegie, Rockefeller, Ford, all that kind of, you know, big industry stuff. And I think the reason it's banned is just because it painted them all in a bad light. And they didn't want to have that, right? So I have an issue with that thought process, right? I mean, if it was just straight up slanderous lies or something, sure, but they didn't say that. Um and then the other book is the Phoenix Program, which is like another criticism of like these were this is the kind of stuff they were doing in Vietnam, like dirty stuff to try and win the war, like torture, executions, all that kind of stuff. Um, right. So I think that's still on the banned list. Uh, so the 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 school ones. Well, any thoughts on those ones first? Those are like in general in America. Not really. I mean, that's not surprising. I, I, I am, and you may know, if I wanted to get these books, like, could I order these off Amazon? Is Or is the government going to, like, kick my door in and take it from me? Or is it just something that's not available in, like, a public library? So. If you don't for, know, it's okay. F- first part, talking. yeah, first part, they're not, you won't find them in a library, I don't think. Okay. The, the only one in question is the first one, maybe. Um, you can buy it on Amazon, so it might be in libraries now. Maybe not. But the second one, if you look for it on Amazon, it's like the only copy is like one from the time period for like $300 if you want it. Like, okay. So that one might actually be. Okay. Which just makes me want to read it more. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the American way. Don't tell us things we can't do because we'll go do them. Very true. Very true. Um, so the school ones, did you ever have any books that you know were banned in your school or maybe parents throwing a fit trying to get banned? Um, I know that I, for whatever reason, I feel like Catcher in the Rye was banned at our school. Yeah. It's on the list. And, I, I didn't when I know it made that guy shoot John Lennon or whatever. 
um, <laughs> or according to according to that guy, he read Catching the Rye, and the, the message of that book was to go kill John Lennon. Dang I've man. never read that book. Um, I guess I, a little bit of a little bit of it is me just being like a meta hipster where I'm like, oh, everybody loves that book because it's yeah. <laughs> it's banned. It's like, well, I'm not going to read it. I bet it sucks. <laughs> it's banned because it's garbage. Um, that's the only one I feel like I remember being like, yeah, you can't read that book here. Like, you can't read Catcher in the Rye. Uh, but other than that. For, for me... I think one of the schools had mentioned Huckleberry Finn, but I read it in one of my... Because I went to, like, three different high schools, so mm-hmm. they all run together. One of them we did read it in, and I think one they said no. Um, and the funny one for me is um, in middle school, here in Lexington, it was in Lexington, Harry Potter. Parents <laughs> were throwing a stink about Harry Potter. I remember when that happened when people said Harry Potter was of the devil and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I remember the movie came out and we had to take a permission slip home to our parents for them to sign it and say it was okay. And I remember my parents thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I know that that's like a whole topic for a whole other podcast, The uh, that mindset, but like I remember my grandmother hated that, and I was never a Harry Potter person. I loved Lord of the Rings, and she was not really big on that either. Yo. Uh, but I remember she wouldn't let me watch That So Raven at her house um, because it had she saw the future, and that was like div- divin- divination. Divination. Yeah. I never know how to say that. Uh, seeing the future, and that's like said in the Bible. You're not supposed to do that. I remember she would not let us watch that at her house, and I thought that was so stupid. That's, I don't know. I don't know how my parents feel about the stuff now, but it's like it's fiction. It's fiction. Yeah, it, it's it's so, just it's, like King Arthur. Like, I'm not bringing like home the manual for Wicca or the occult or mm-hmm, Satanism. Mm-hmm. It's like no, it's just a work of fiction. And I remember as a kid, I read the first Harry Potter. I was like, what, there's what what what's the issue here? And it's just they have mm-hmm. no idea. They didn't read it. They didn't know what it was about. But somebody, I'm sure, on the news or something said something about it. And they just mm-hmm. ran with it. So, yeah. Uh, so. I think one of my schools banned Captain Underpants. <sighs> Bad move. Really? But, yeah. <laughs> I think their argument was it doesn't contribute intellectually to anything. It's useless. That's probably. They may actually have an argument there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so a lot of the the reasons for like the public school banning things for the this is for like not the books that. You can't learn this in class. These are just ones they just didn't want to have around the library. They're not like well-known ones. But those, it's just kind of like, you know, is this right for the age group? A lot of sex mm-hmm. stuff, maybe too much violence. And there's a ton of like like homosexual stuff that they're like, get that out of our libraries, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's just, right. uh, okay, that makes up maybe 60% of the list is that kind of stuff. And then, so I was going to run through some of the... The ones that they have banned and why, and then maybe we can just discuss like, is that a, is that a good idea or is this going too far? But like, there's like the Bible is banned. Um, I'm sure all the religious texts were banned in a lot of places, or banned or challenged. Challenged means they tried to get a ban, but um. Yeah, I mean that that that's 
we don't have to hash that out. I understand why people would yeah. challenge or try to get that banned, whether it's right or wrong. Like we can we can roll past that one. That that one's that's softball. That one makes sense. Okay. Um uh so Adventures of Huckleberry Finn is obviously for like the the racial language that they have in the book. So there's a right. couple uh, let me see if there's. I I don't agree with that one. I I don't think that that's. I I am. People people I I think that. I'm trying to think of how I want to say this. I should have had <laughs> this part ready, because I knew I I was pretty sure when you said that 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 was going to come up. Yeah. Uh, Mark Twain was of his time. Right. Um. And I don't think that we should discredit people's art for being of their time. Like, uh, Blind Willie Mactail songs talk about black people as boys. He refers to black people as boys if he was a black man. Uh, These were blues songs written in the 19-teens. So it, it it's I don't think it's coming from when Mark Twain was writing that I don't think he was writing it with maliciousness right like intent like he was writing he was one of the first people to write what he heard like he was giving a cross section of American life at that point now you can judge whether that time section was right or wrong but I don't think you can judge him for chronicling chronicling it I'm uh, sorry, I had to really work through that word. Um, it, you could you could get mad at him for glorifying it, um, but but I don't think it's right to be mad at people for writing what they knew. Um, right. So like I don't know. We've got literature now that might refer to them as like African American or something, but who knows? You know, fifty years from now, that could be. Extremely taboo. Yeah, that, that that's a super good point, and I think that's how people should think about it. Is you know, right now, it is it's perfectly acceptable to refer to somebody as a lesbian. Yeah, but that may be, you know, not okay. Well, think about it. Five or ten years ago, people referred to transgender people as trannies, and now that's yeah, like to me, I always thought that was just shortening of the you know, mouthful that is transgender. Um, but now I know, like, I know that that's not okay to say around a transgender person now. Yeah. You I know, but I, back when people said tranny, it wasn't, I don't ever remember saying it from a point of maliciousness. I, I, I'm, I'm just a big believer in like the intent of people. Yeah. Um, it's all about the intent. You know, I, I've heard people say the N word, from like a, a in a derogatory stance, and people not say it in a derogatory stance, both both white and black, and it and it's you know I've read Huckleberry yeah. Finn. I'm not a black person, so I probably shouldn't even say anything on it. But it never did feel like um, like it felt like that was just how things were, whether they were right or wrong. Yeah. This. I think it was that thing kind of got me thinking about, oh, yeah, I did write a note on that, about, you know, culture. It's like there's a lot of people just want to, like, erase 
the bad parts of history and just leave it out. Right? I'm surprised they haven't like just tried to edit the book and change the word or something like that. But I think that's, you know, I think that's kind of dangerous. You should see the world for what it was and how it was then, right? And it's a good mm-hmm. teaching point too if you're going over this book in class. It's like this is how they referred to people then. They were viewed as less than human for whatever reason, but we we know better than that now. Um, yeah. Enjoy the book, you know. Yeah, exactly. And and the Adventures of Huckleberry Finn is a good book. Oh yeah. People get caught up on, you know, Jim, the character of Jim. Yeah. Um, and I won't I won't say the adjective that goes in front of me, but that that's the <laughs> hang up point for people. Um, but I don't know. At at the end of the day, I am a white heterosexual working class man. Um, raised in an identical household of two parents that are still together. So basically I'm not qualified to speak on anything anymore. <laughs> um, I know that, that that sounds like I'm griping. I understand that people have so many more problems than I ever did growing up. But... I don't want to feel like my opinion is less valued because that's just the way I see the world. Anyway, g- keep going down the keep going down the list. Huckleberry <laughs> Finn's a good book. Don't try and censor history because you won't learn from it. So, all right. Um, oh, here's a good one. Where's Waldo was challenged to be banned because of nudity? Really? I'm not entirely sure which edition that is, but yes. <laughs> Um, that may be one... a different Where's Waldo. I could see Where Waldo's being the name of a porno. <laughs> Maybe it was. I don't know the author of Where's Waldo off the bat, no, so I either. couldn't tell. So. Huh. But that one's strange, but I'm not interested in talking about it unless you got something to say. <laughs> no, that's a funny one. Uh, yeah. Goose, Goosebumps and uh, Lord of the Rings for supernatural themes. Same kind of thought with Harry Potter, whatever. Yeah, um, keep going. So, the, so Grapes of Wrath kind of follows like really yeah so this was it was banned at some point i don't um i couldn't tell you when but it is because it portrays california in a bad light <laughs> wow i can't i can't believe that one. that was like that's like typically considered like <laughs> yeah we up had, there with the great american novel like yeah we had to read it so <laughs> that's a great book too and it's a good movie I'm going to have to read it again. At the time, I was an annoying kid that was bored out of his mind reading. So I feel like I might appreciate it more now. But, it um, is a... I've only ever read that and Of Mice and Men, the, t- the two hits from John Steinbeck. Yeah. Uh, but it was a, an excellent book. I can't believe that it would be banned for portraying California in a, in a <laughs> bad light. That's weird to me. So... Uh, and I think even, like, it, it specifies a certain county in California, even. And, and maybe this was only, like, tried to get banned in California. Or maybe just okay. in that county where they're like, hey, you can't say that. But yeah. yeah. Of Mice and Men was banned at some point, too, or challenged at least. Um, it's just... But that falls under, like, the, you know, there's some sexual stuff in it, some violence. Mm-hmm. And I think thinking back, I'm just like you know some of the f- stories we read were real messed up uh, oh, for yeah. us being kids. But I feel like you know it didn't hurt us in any way. We had to, I don't know. I feel like it, I benefited from that. Like in high school. Yeah. Um, I know that this is. 
I don't know if this was in America, but I know that the book for whom the bell tolls, yeah. um, was banned by Ernest Hemingway. And I, I banned here just too. finished reading that book. It was banned in America. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. It, yeah. it has, there's a chapter in the book, um, that is incredibly like detailed in its violence. Um, but the theme of that book is the horror of modern war. How are you going to convey that theme without either make people fight in it or let them read a book about it is what I'll say. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. You know, it, it it's a rough subject, but you have, you have to see it and you have to learn about it. Mm-hmm. You can't just, you can't just shelter your kids from everything. Then they'll just be just naive, pompous jerks when they grow up. You know, they're not gonna know anything. He, I don't know. You got to see the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. People don't want to see the bad though. Like we're not in a society where, and and not. I'm not being trying to be like some hard ass or something, but like <clears throat> I think there is value to your kids learning that there's. It's not. It's not always going to be easy and it's not always going to be rosy. Like you're going to need people to be adults and handle like difficult situations. And if, I mean, high school, you get out when you're 18, that's like two years from, oh, you're just a kid to now you're on the battlefield too. Like exactly, exactly. And so books like that are instrumental in, you know, Books let people see things from a, a perspective outside of their own. And I, I don't know what life would be other than molding your perspective like as you go. And books just give you a leg up on that. Good books and good movies, although they may not be either the most entertaining or the most action-packed, but if they, if they change how you look at the world, then they're a good book. Yeah. Like, I understand if you watch the next Transformers movie and don't feel like a changed person <laughs> afterward. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's okay to shut your brain off and be entertained. But too much of that, I think, is a problem. Yeah. It's not stressed enough that people sh- like shouldn't just cling to James Patterson novels. Yeah. You know, you, you should read books that challenge you that aren't necessarily the most interesting book in the world because not all books are for entertainment right i try to mix it up like keep at least two books going that i'm reading one that's more of like i'm learning something this is changing my perspective and then this one is just for fun i will get nothing out of this but hey i like it yeah exactly exactly like you know sometimes i like to listen to this applies to everything that you take in sometimes i like to watch you know deep dramas like movies like uh, the danish girl always comes to mind like these these really introspective and and artsy films and then sometimes i want to watch a fart comedy with adam sandler like (laughs) yeah like it's okay to want to be entertained but that shouldn't like the times that you turn your brain off shouldn't be like the only thing that you're concerned about and i know it's hard because people get tired after work i haven't done anything today other than go to the grocery store and play my switch Black. Oh, you have a Switch? Oh. Yeah, I've been playing Darkest Dungeon on, nice. on, the, on the Switch. I've been playing it a lot here lately. It's been, it's been a good way to kill time. Um, but at, every it. night I've been reading um, The Sun Also Rises by Ernest Hemingway, which is like 
you know, about about this feeling of of loss that so many people our age have. You know, this after school is over, and, you know, and this it's said in the backdrop of World War One having ended. But you know, although we didn't just come through a time like that, at this age, like what is valuable? What you're trying to like make a place in the world. And and some chapters are, are riveting, and I'm kind of like over that tipping point of you know how a book is like, oh this is just chore to read. It's a chore to read. Okay, I can't put this, I can't put it down. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you got you got any more good banned books for me, Lee? I'm sorry, so I kind other, of sidetracked us. Oh, no problem. The other big thing that seemed to be banned on a regular basis were items that painted socialism slash communism that kind of thing in any sort of good light okay, and that, yeah, and that makes sense based on you know we were basically at war with communism back in the day so with that there's you know animal farm we never read that i had to go buy that and read that not too long ago brave new world well actually that's different that's anti-religion anti-family kind of stuff yeah so they throw it out Huxley. yeah um, Call of the Wild, supposedly pro-socialist. Uh, Have you ever read that? No. I would recommend it. Like, you can get it for very cheap. Yeah. At, like, a Barnes & Noble or even, like, a small bookstore would probably have, like, a paperback of it for super cheap. So we've it, actually... it is a good book. I've never read Brave New World, and I've never read Animal Farm, but I have read Call of the Wild and White Fang, and they're, they're both very good books. I never did get to socialism, thing from it but yeah i see that's i don't know i'm sure somebody did a commentary on it or something and then they're like oh god gotta ban it ban it you know mm-hmm. knee-jerk reaction of course um of course yeah. and also the jungle is kind of that way too which i have but i have not finished yet uh, i have uh I, I think the jungle is one of those books that is i, I think it's more useful in uh, showing you where we came from than it is like impactful now. Yeah. Because the meatpacking industry was horrible then, but that's yeah. like the main theme of. And I, I haven't finished it either. I've tried to read The Jungle and I can't do it. So, so for I'm going to give it another try eventually. <laughs> but I gave it like an hour in the intro. I just was like, what are they even talking about? This, it was, I can't, I don't know. But, but yeah, we got, uh, me and Carrie got library cards. Just because there's so many books that I just go and buy at half price books, mm-hmm. and they just sit around, so I'm just like, well, if I check them out, I'll be more obligated to read them, and it's worked so far. So I'm working yeah. through all my stuff. Good deal. Um, all right, so that is banned books. I think we kind of uh, well, what just quick thoughts on like, is there any time that books should be banned or not? Um, I'm going to say no. Um, just, I, I understand where the government was coming from and banning communist and socialist books. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm just saying I see their side of things where if you lose control of the people, you lose control of like everything if you truly think about it. But where I see why I think that that's wrong 
is that you shouldn't be trying to control people. You should be letting people control you if you're the government. Yeah. So it's um, a, to, just a note on that. Like it's, it's a tough decision to make when you're in that position to make those calls because sometimes it might be whether they're right or wrong, they think we understand this better than the people. So we're going to influence that. And mm-hmm. it's, but then, you know, I don't know. You don't want to well, do that at the same time. It's, it's, I, I think something that would be more prevalent to, um, these days is you don't, you don't see it in paper anymore, but like publishing, should the government step in, and ban fake news you know how do they if obviously there's going to be a ton of problems if people are like well the government's the one banning this obviously it's something that hurts them um yeah so (laughs) you know but i'd also think that disinformation is a horrendous thing like you see where it's got us yeah it's not good um so so yeah I, I would say and i think like the publishing process kind of for actual books can weed out that better um at least in my mind i don't know any publishing places that would like let's say they read it and be like is this true and the author's like yeah totally and then you know they publish it but like you know internet stuff you can do that whenever you want um, yeah but yeah so I, my thoughts is just kind of, I think the age-appropriate stuff when it comes to, like, middle school, sure. But I think once you hit high school, everything should be fair game in terms of, at least there, in public libraries, anything should be fair game. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. All right, man. That's my thoughts on it. What you got for me now? All right, so what are you into right now, Dylan? You had mentioned that game on the Switch. Yeah, I'm playing a lot of Darkest Dungeon. I got it yesterday um, because Breath of the Wild makes my head hurt. I'm, like, getting frustrated with this child's game. Um, <laughs> I love Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, two favorite games. Um, but this thing, Breath of the Wild, is too damn big. Um, I never feel like I'm accomplishing anything because (laughs) I am consistently getting sidetracked doing shit that doesn't matter. Um, But I will, instead of talking about that, that's on me. I'm not saying it's not a good game. I'm (laughs) not able to handle it. Darkest Dungeon, um, if you don't know, is a game where you... Essentially, it's a dungeon crawler. It's a turn-based dungeon crawler. Um... But, like, the kicker on it is that things that this party of heroes does, do, does, do, do, um, affects their mental. Like, in a lot of these games, these, like, hack and slash dungeon crawlers, it's, it's never thought about what is going into, like, it is, it is these horrible things that they're seeing, these like monsters and stuff. Um, but they, there's a system for that in this game. So like, it's all about balancing that it's, it's as much a management game as it is a tactics game. 
Um, and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And it, it's very unforgiving. Um, you get attached to these characters and then they almost inevitably die. Um, I actually turned it off right before the podcast because I lost one of my favorite rogues. Um, and I'm like, the game is constantly auto saving. So I can't, <laughs> I can't cheat and it's go gone. back and get him. It's gone. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's, it is challenging, but rewarding. And I'm glad that video games are going that way because I like to think that just like we talked about books, some books are challenging, but they're rewarding. I like to think that it'll start at video games and then go downhill because they're like, there's a lot of games like that. Now dark souls is like that. Um, I love playing rim world on permadeath and like letting a story be told that isn't just game over. You restart, you know? Yeah. No response. No response. All right. So that's what, that's what I've been doing. I'm, I'm at this training in Knoxville and it's a lot of sitting around on my switch has been my, my switch. And then, um, like I said, that book. And other than that, man, I just, I've, I've been in bed since about two o'clock this afternoon when, cause we got out early. Oh, nice. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick up a switch probably Christmas time if I can. So I think there's going to be a pretty good, um, black Friday deal on it. That would be Ooh, yeah. my look. The other thing I've been doing is I've been thinking about getting a travel guitar. Um, just because a lot of times I, I feel like I am sitting around and the least that I could do is be writing stupid little songs. <laughs> you gotta do it. And then when you come back, we'll make skunk, Butt come out, mm-hmm, or, skunk or we'll butt just make another new name, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the weights can finally <laughs> form. Hey, it's that on the record. Now that is our band name. All right. You heard it here first. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all so. right. For me, I'm into. I finally convinced my wife to play Stardew Valley, and mm-hmm. she's playing it constantly. So, all right, that's a win. So, I'm playing through that again. And in case you guys don't know, it's basically you have a farm, you got seasons, you buy seeds, you plant stuff, you make money, but then you also want to get to know everybody in town. You can give them gifts to raise their happiness, and they'll give you gifts back. And it's cool, just you know, the small town environment that you get to role play through. And then there's other stuff you can do, like fishing and mining and combat and all this stuff. But that's what we're into for games. Um, and then uh, I read Fahrenheit 451 finally uh, in one day. It was a shorter book than I thought it was going to be. Um, it's pretty good. Third act is kind of crazy. But it's... Uh, mm-hmm. I, have you read that, Dylan? Nope. It's... I don't know. It's just... Uh, it, there's a couple, three, three or four monologues that are in this book that really, really call out a lot of things that have, that are happening now that they called out whenever this was written. I'm sorry, I don't have the date, but mm-hmm. um, it's kind of eerie, you know. They just they saw it coming, so. But yeah, mm-hmm. I would recommend that. And then Bobby has been on me about his favorite author is Umberto Eco. Um, yeah. And um, he said the best book by him was, I think, is he the one that did, um, oh, I can't remember the name now. It's like The Magician or something. 
Master that, Margarita. The Alchemist, that's what it was. Did he do that Alchemist, one? yeah, that's him. That's so, him. That one was all right, I thought. Um, but he said the best one he ever read was Name of the Rose. So I'm mm, reading that okay. one now. And it's basically uh, like a priest. It's from the point of view of like a, I don't know what the term is, but like a apprentice priest following around his priest guy that's teaching him. And they're traveling to this monastery and I guess they're going to solve a murder or something. So mm-hmm. that's what I've gotten out of it so far, but it seems pretty interesting. That's what I've been into. Cool, man. Now we're at one thirty. We can just do a quick little um, rant section or we can play the game. Give me the game. I'm ready for the game. All right. We need to lighten things up a little bit. So I call it the Rotten yeah. Tomatoes game. I stole it from somebody else. We're going to have three movies. Okay. Um, and you're going to guess um, what the critics gave it and what the people <coughs> gave it. And then whichever one of us is closest wins. So I've Googled these all ahead of time so that I know exactly what it is. So you are at a okay. disadvantage. Okay, um, yeah, but, yeah. I, like, I like your chances of winning this guy. Good luck. <laughs> so, <laughs> I picked a theme. The theme is Tom Cruise. All right. All right. All right we're right. going to start. Days of Thunder. Okay. I meant to write the dates down, but I was afraid that I would see the score, so I didn't look it up. But Days of Thunder. What do you think critics gave this? Gave okay, Days of Thunder. Uh, critics gave Days of Thunder. Do you want like an exact number or like a range? Give me an exact number. I think that critics gave Days of Thunder a 55 to 65 with a 58 being the exact percentage. 58 from the critics. Or 5.8 or whatever that, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, 58%. So... Rotten Tomatoes is 50... That would mean 58% of critics liked it. Not necessarily. It got a... 5.8. F. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. All right. So, all right. How about... Um, what do you think the fans gave it? Uh, if I, I wish you did have the dates because I can't remember when Days of Thunder came out. Um, but I, I think the fans liked Days of Thunder. I think it was a 75 to 85 with like a 77. All right, 77. So critics, yeah, I feel like this is one of the movies that it's just like, it's just fun to watch, but it's not That's what we were talking nothing. about earlier. It's an entertaining movie. <laughs> yeah, this is one of the turn your brain off for a while movies. You said 58. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. I'm going to go 73 critics, 85 fans. Okay. And I'm going to look us look up our answer. Days. Oh, you can hear my keyboard. Michael Rooker was in Days of Thunder. I didn't know that. I've got this pulled up if you want me to look at it. Oh, sure. 1990. Uh, okay. 1990, Days of Thunder. Um... 60% of audiences liked it with an average rating of three out of five. Uh, and 38% Ooh. of the critics liked it um, with wow. an average rating of 4.8 out of 10. Uh, so, dang, Tom Cruise. Days of Thunder has Tom Cruise and plenty of Flash going for it, but there aren't enough to compensate for the stock plot, two-dimensional characters, and poorly written dialogue. Uh, 
Sorry, Tom Cruise didn't right. get it this time. Uh, see, right, now I the, wonder. What's the next all right, so movie? you get both of those points, but I do want to say I, this movie came out before Rotten Tomatoes. So, do you think this is based on people that have went back and watched it now? I feel like that kind of. Um, I know that didn't Rotten Tomatoes typically get like the Roger Ebert thing in it? So that's oh maybe. Like this is pulling from old. This looks like it's pulling from old um, newspaper okay. interviews. Like, All this right. is from the Chicago Tribune. This is from the New Yorker. This is from Philadelphia Choir. Okay. So I'm going to say that uh, it's, <laughs> that it's, it's probably, okay, like, from the time. Because yeah. these are also all pulled in on the same day. So I bet somebody okay. went and got these. Yeah. Um, Excellent detective that, work. Yeah, there we go. Um, so I'm still on Days of Thunder. I won't keep looking on Rotten Tomatoes for these right. things. Oh, they really roasted that one. It wasn't great, but anyway. I don't like race cars. Like, I'm just not interested in race cars. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, next time, Cruise movie is War of the Worlds. Oh, God. I remember watching this. <laughs> um, it was better when it was made fun of in Scary Movie 4. Um <laughs> I'm going to say that the critics just panned it like 10 to 20 um, with an 17% liking it. And then I'm going to say audience liked it because it was like an alien movie and it had Tom Cruise that like kind of <laughs> that movie came out in like, like 2005, something like that. Yeah. So like he was still on his game then. I don't think he had jumped on Oprah's couch yet. <laughs> um I'm say audience, so I'm going to keep it in the same range I had for Days of Thunder, 75 to 85 on like the, the 82 era. All right. Uh, let's see. I can't remember if it was good. I know it wasn't good. I know it wasn't great. So I'm going to say 50% critics, 80% fans. Okay, 50% critics, 80% fans. My God, we're not good at this game. <laughs> so, uh, War of the Worlds did come out in 2005. Uh, the critics, 75% certified fresh Ooh, from the critics. Really? Steven, Steven Spielberg's adaptation. This is a critic consensus. Steven Spielberg's adaptation of War of the Worlds delivers on the thrill and paranoia of H.G. Wells' classic novel while impressively updating the action and effect for modern audiences. 42% of audiences liked it. <laughs> A hit with the critics. Audiences did not care for average rating 2.9 out of 5. Then average rating from the critics 7 out of 10. Oh, man. I liked War of the Worlds, but... I'm surprised... I consider myself something of a movie critic. Yeah, I'm surprised the audience rating is so low. Like, I remember... I, I, didn't, I didn't hate it. I do stand by my original opinion, though, that Scary Movie 4 was better than <laughs> War of the Worlds. That was the one where the iPods attack yeah. instead of the tripod. Or no, it was the, they were called the tripods. Yeah. And they like started playing. like uh, That was the time that that iPod commercial came out that had uh, Will You Be My Girl. Yeah. Uh, and like it started playing that, and then it like switched to Kill Humanity, and everybody freaked <laughs> out. And it humped the vacuum cleaner and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So, huh. All right. Well, what's well? Give me the last the one. Probably is the one. last one. Um, cocktail. No. Dang it! I like that movie. That's he probably played... my favorite Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> A minor role in this. Tropic Thunder. 
Tom Cruise was in Tropic Thunder. <laughs> yes, he was. Who did he play in Tropic Thunder? He was like, okay, you know there's a Matthew McConaughey guy? Yeah, that's like, like his boss. Act. He's like the agent. His boss, who was like the mean, angry guy. He had... I'm going to say that... Oh, yeah, because I, I, I watched this. I watched that movie recently. Um, I'm going to say it did well with both. Um, like... I'm putting both in the 85 to 95 range. Actually, no, no, I'm going to put it in the 80 to 90 range with critics giving it an 80 on the dot and the audience is giving it an 88. Hmm. Hmm. Hang out. I know the audience liked it. I'm going to give it 92 for fans. Now, critics is a tough one. Hmm. I'm gonna give it like a seventy. They can be From the critics? sometimes. Yeah, they don't All like right. comedies. I'm uh, I'm 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 picking it up. Critics gave it an eighty-one. So ooh, said eighty. Nailed audience it. only a seventy percent from the audience ratings. Wow. Yeah, Tom Cruise. I didn't realize he had so many critical hits uh, <laughs> that were panned by audiences. <laughs> Maybe they just didn't yeah. like him. Huh. Well, congratulations, Dylan. You are the winner of our first ever Rotten Tomatoes game. Could have been a cool. little more interesting if Brooke was here. But, um, yeah, I wanted to test out that game. If you guys like that game or hated it, tell us. Or have a good idea, let us know. Because I'm blanking when it comes to playing games with audio only. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're more of, like, kickball fans and stuff like that. So if you guys want to do, like, a podcast-wide kickball game, hit us up. <laughs> All right, so the final outro, I, I usually reserve it as like a rant section. This one's not really a rant, but closing thoughts. What is the stupidest fad that you can remember? And also, what is a fad that needs to make a comeback? Um, stupidest fad and fad that wants to make a comeback or needs to make a comeback. Um, politeness. I think it's a fad <laughs> that needs to come back. People using their blinkers needs to needs to come back as a popular fad. Uh, no, um, I'm a big fan of the Baja sweaters, and those are kind of starting to come back. You know what I'm talking about? Those uh, those hoodies that look like they're just super uncomfortable and made out of burlap sacks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like those. I don't have the. I don't have one. Um, but have I'm gonna you, get one. Have you worn um, one? They look. They do look uncomfortable. They look very. They look very like big. Like you know how a big hoodie is very comfortable. Yeah. They look like they got that that going for them. But if they were like made out of like cactus needles, um. <laughs> so I can't decide whether I I would enjoy that or not. But I like seeing other people wear them. Um, a fad that I hate that, like now that needs to go away. Is that what you're asking me? Oh. Uh, okay. Do that. <laughs> Or it could okay. also, you know, be ones that you remember that were awful. Okay, no, I've got, I've got a good one, um, and this goes back to like companies, like, like clickbait has got to go away. <laughs> like, if I see one more, you're not gonna believe what they do next. Have you this seen this dog the... was drowning? <laughs> it you're was not the... gonna believe how they step in. It was a, it's a, I think it's a Twitter page. I don't remember the name, but they go through, they read the article for you, and they just tell you on the, the line right after it. 
<laughs> it's like, should you be worried about the amount of blank in your food? And then the next slide, no. <laughs> no. Uh, so that that's a fad that needs to go away. People need to stop buying into that stupid shit. Like, this is why I'm saying people need to read more books. Here's my rant. Yeah. Read more books. Read. You only develop taste for what is good and what is bad by being exposed to both good and bad. So you have to break out of your chains that bind you to what your normal routine is. You cannot come in every single day and watch TV or scroll through Facebook or even do active stuff like go to the gym and stuff like that. Just like how your muscles need different strength training programs. Like, you, you know, how they say it's like if you do the same program for a long time, you stop seeing results. Like, same thing there. Get involved in something that's new. Do it for a long time. If you like it, keep doing it. If you don't like it, move on to something else. At least you got the experience and you know that you don't like that. You yeah. may not like the New York Times because you are a hardcore, right-leaning, like right Trump-supporting nationalist. And that's okay. You can still read the New York Times. It is a reputable newspaper that looks at things from an angle different from your own. It's going to be okay if you read that and disagree with it. But at least you'll see where the other side is coming from. If you're a super far-leaning left-wing nut, don't just ignore the Wall Street Journal. It's another reputable news source that happens to lean a little bit more right than what you're accustomed to. It will be good for you. That's my take on it. Read things that are different from your opinion. Read books that challenge you. Watch movies that you don't understand multiple times. Explosions are cool, but explosions are not going to let you lead a fulfilled life. <laughs> well said. You turned that into a rant. That works. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm getting good at these podcasts, man. Yeah. Prime time. Here we come. Um, but yeah, that's a good point. Listen to Dylan. You got to see different. Pers- and one thing. Okay. Something that's wrong with the youth these days is I'll ask somebody, hey, do you want to go do such and such some activity and like oh no i'm no good at that it's like well that's how you get good at it is you yeah. learn <laughs> yeah you go practice and you try yeah if you if you're not even if it's like oh i suck at reading read more you know if i mm-hmm. i don't know anything about such and such well go learn about it you know too many people are just like uh i don't know how to do that i don't know anything about that i'm just gonna press facebook or play games mm-hmm. or play fortnite mm-hmm. you know Play Fortnite. <laughs> Have we played Fortnite together? Not a Fortnite guy. I played it with okay. a couple times. I can only play. Uh, I can play like two games, and I'm like, this. I don't like doing this. For me, it's um, one of those games. It's like, okay, if I got a good, fun group of friends that are playing, sure, let's do it. But for fun, but yeah, I uh, and I, I understand why people like it. I love Smash Brothers because it is very much like that. I, here's the only thing I will say is like I don't really think there's any such thing as being good at Fortnite. You can be good at like the basic mechanics of it, yeah. But uh, I don't think there's a lot to it, and it's not. I'm not saying it's not designed to have like it's designed to have a lot to it, like a lot of fun's. Um, people like it because if you're not good at it, you can just get to the next game real fast, and hopefully this time you land where the rocket launcher spawns at, like. <laughs> It's uh, you're right. It's it's one of those games that has a pretty low skill cap. Like you can't really be great at it, but you can definitely be bad at it. Yeah, yeah, and you can blame a lot of it on luck. Like it, it's oh yeah, 
and be okay with blaming it on luck because you're just going to respawn and be in another game in two minutes. Yeah. Like, so that's a current gaming fad. Just battle royale games now. They're coming out all over the place. Yeah, be original, yeah, people. Come on. It's not for me. I'm not. A, I'm not a battle royaler. I know we sound like two just drips at parties. But um, no, just give me a good single player game, man. That's all I ever care about. Yeah, interesting I don't, I don't, story, you know, something like that. Yeah. So, all right, Lee, flaying this turd. All right, we are landing this turd right now. I don't know. That that's everything. So, give us your feedback, please, so we can do more or less what you like. So, if you want us to be funnier, we can. If you were cool with this one, we can keep it like this. We need game ideas, and we need like fan involvement ideas all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff i'll try to get more stuff on instagram as i can just nothing interesting has happened this week at all it's just been rainy here um but yeah yeah so, so you know i'm sorry if we you know stepped on anybody's toes today um i know typically every podcast i've ever been on with you has usually been a little bit funnier but um you know we have we have serious takes on stuff too um, and I, I do think that if we did offend somebody, it, it wasn't coming from a place of malice, like we were talking about. Yeah, it never is. Um, it, it'd come from a place of ignorance if we, if we did upset you. Now, if we did upset you, don't think that we're immediately going to apologize just because you voice it, because that's not how society works. And yeah, people step on your toes. People step on my toes all the time. I don't care, mm-hmm. man. My toes are fine. All right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wear shoes. Yeah, wear shoes. That's how we're going to close this podcast. This show was brought to you by the Do You Believe Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at DYB underscore podcast. Requests and comments can be sent to requests at doyoubelievepodcast.com.